Your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Battle Lines. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. On Warren Radio Battle Lines broadcast, we feature an in-depth biblical study each week. All correspondence and inquiries of the WIBR WARN Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warn-usa.com. Be sure to follow the WIBR WARN Radio on Twitter by using hashtag WatchmanIS216, also hashtag WARN Radio. You can find us on LinkedIn by hashtag Watchman. And you can join us on USA.life or MeWe with hashtag WarnRadio. And the WIBR Warn Radio is on three new social sites, Parlor, Clout Club, and Gab. And you can listen to our shows through the following carriers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, also on Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. And you can go to our websites, warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com, and there you can also listen and download the shows from there. I want to admonish you to take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchman. This week we feature Prophesied, Lawlessness, Mystery of Iniquity. Prophesied lawlessness for the fellowship of truth means that the world will find itself in a time when rebellion finds fulfillment. Everything that has been deemed true and natural is now cast aside. Also, America's last stand of crisis opportunity. America's last stand. What most Americans see as a crisis, these enemies of the state see it as an opportunity. For the uneducated in destroying any society, the reality comes at you quickly. And now I invite the watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. 
good. Here we are again on a Thursday night in June. It was yeah. cooler today. Yeah, it was. Which I'm I'm okay with that because in July we get pretty hot around here. Yes, we do. And that's you know that's pretty much where you know we we're really at when we get in June. When we get in July. Uh, rather, it's uh, definitely on the hot side in July. I mean, that's for us. So, there is no doubt that, uh, well, when we get to July, that's that's our summer. So. Yes, it is. So, at any rate, today we're uh, in... Uh, part 51 and uh, we're going to be uh, should be getting close to completing uh, chapter 25 of Isaiah we spent uh, time on Isaiah 24 and uh, it's amazing uh, you know I was thinking today how long this study is going to be <laughs> yeah so at any rate, so at any rate, let's see what else we got going on. Not much. I'm going to get into this because I want to get it going. So uh, okay, I'll see you on the other side. Now, in in this particular one, we have intervention or God's justice in part 51. And whenever you're talking about judgment, you know, it, it's not a fun subject. But the issue is, is the results of what can happen. Now, of course, if you're living in America, the last thing you want to think about is judgment. I mean, if you consider the things that we've been going through re uh, lately in this country, it's been like unbelievable for for many of us. Um, of course, the COVID, which is kind of strange for this generation, and to have them shut down everything. And then, of course, the massive riots. We've seen those, like like the riots out in L.A. So uh, there is no doubt that uh, in the whole thing, when you look at it from our standpoint, and we begin to think that uh, maybe God is trying get our attention and so uh, I'm having a little bit uh, of trouble on this I don't know but uh, verse 25 and uh, verse 5 thou shalt bring down the noise of strangers as in the heat of a dry place, even the shadow, the heat with the shadow of a cloud, the branch of the terrible one shall be brought low. And of course, you know, in recent history, when we talk about it, uh, the subject I think yesterday came up about Iran and about, uh, uh, you know, the, the portion it plays in history, especially with Christianity. But also with the Jews as well. 
and uh, the fact that Cyrus, the Persian king, um, is the one responsible. It was actually called the anointed of the Lord that delivered the Jews. And it was uh, him that uh, took down Babylon. And it was him that gave the order for him to go rebuild the temple, rebuild the walls, go back there to live. And uh, I find that really interesting when you look at today and you see how Iran you know it is an opponent but at one time you know they were friendly and so when we look at the judgment then that hit both houses they both fell and Judah went into captivity for 70 years so you know that judgment is, was grievous because it took down the temple it took you know the temple uh, uh, treasures were stolen although there's people that uh, you know some of them that believe that that a lot of those treasures uh, you know the, the important ones were were hid by the priests at the time and so uh, and and there's people that uh, still believe it today because they're looking uh, for the ark and they're looking for a lot of other things uh, artifacts regarding that so the wrath of the terrible ones or the anger of the Babylons raged against the Jews I mean you could say that because here here they're coming in and you know when they did take uh, uh, Judah captive you know, I mean, they took them captive. I mean, <laughs> there wasn't much left by the time they got done. I mean, as far as, you know, the temple being gone and, and uh, you know, the priests and the prophets and the king and, I mean, everything. And they took a bunch of people, uh, you know, into Babylon with them, but they also uh, left a lot, of the, a lot of the people to tend the land. But, uh, you know... In the midst of all this, though, you, you find the mercy of God that even when you have such a terrible event, uh, this verse uh, is pointing out that as the heat in a dry place, even when the heat of the shadow of a cloud. Now, you see, if I'm not much for living in, you know, the real hot weather like Vegas, uh, but up here in our neck of the woods, we get hot. And for us, if you're, if it's over 100, that's really hot. 90-some uh, is hot for us. But when you go outside in, in one of the most uh, of the hot days that we've ever had, and a cloud comes up, immediately there's relief from that heat. And even on a relatively, like if it's 80-some degrees, and you have a cloud that passes over, even 75. It, it blocks that sun out and the heat. And uh, that intense ray of the sun is blocked. And so the prophet uses this to talk about that because of the mercy of God coming in here, it's like that cloud passing in front of the 
the sun that reduces the heat, reduces the stress, reduces all the stuff that the that comes as a result of that heat. And so when you're looking at judgment, when you're looking at, you know, you've been 70 years uh, in judgment. But we have seen, though, within those 70 years, uh, Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and there was also other Jews that were there in Babylon at the time. These are the ones that Scripture tells us about. Daniel had a lot of prophecies. Matter of fact, some of the greatest prophecies we have of, of what was coming uh, came uh, through Daniel. And you begin to think, well, would this have even happened if he hadn't have gone into captivity up in Babylon? I mean, who knows? But the thing of it is, is that we saw Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, and Daniel all delivered from the hands of the Babylonians when some of uh, their various... Uh, uh, people that hated him, you know, wanted to do to him, and uh, they were they were delivered. And so I, I find that uh, one of those things that we need to understand here that you know here we find, and this is following chapter twenty four of the apocalypse. So when you look at the apocalypse and you look at how bad it it uh, it is described in chapter 24 of Isaiah, and you consider Babylon going into the whole portion of the Levant and going into Judah and taking it down, and you had a lot of other nations that were worried and concerned as well. You know, it was quite a big deal, and so now you have. This thing is getting over. This thing is coming to a close. And the heat and the wrath of God, as well as the heat and the, and the wrath of the Babylonians that God used, are waning. And in fact, they begin to see the very ones that, you know, destroyed basically their way of life. Well... They got destroyed. Their king was brought down. Their power was brought down. And so when the other king really takes over, you have this command, you know, go back and rebuild. You know, I mean, that would have been fantastic news. But see, the thing about Isaiah... And he does this a lot, is when you get into this, there's a lot of these things. Like Isaiah 25, 6, which is the very next verse. And in this mountain, Zion, shall the Lord of hosts, that word hosts is Sabaoth. And it's used in the New Testament. I wrote an article about this not too long ago. And make unto the people... A feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the leaves, of fat things full of marrow, and of wine, wines on the leaves well refined. Well, I don't know if you know it, but one of the gourmet treats you could, you know, and the French aren't the only ones that do it, and that is to take uh, the large bones and cut them down and cook them and eat the marrow out of them. It's a delicacy. And uh, it's also out of the marrow that you get some of your best, you know, you get your best stocks and flavor 
And it's also the marrow that's within the bones and joints that God uses uh, in Scripture uh, quite a lot to tell you how the Word of God can discern, can divide asunder, can look into the hearts of people. And it's in that marrow where life and death is, you know, because if you have cancer of the bones and the marrow, you're in trouble. So it's interesting that he would use uh, the term marrow and of wines on the leaves well refined, you know, and, and this whole picture pictures uh, when we say Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord over all agency in this mountain, Zion, we think of the final time when the Lord is ruling from Mount Zion. And that's actually where we talk about tabernacles because he will tabernacle amongst us. Now see, tabernacles was a is a feast in the fall that uh, the Jews celebrate. And there's a lot of uh, uh, Christians that celebrate it as well because it has a lot of meaning for Christians because it does represent not only the fact that uh, uh, the Jews had to live in tabernacle, uh, you know, build little tents, uh, uh, a sukkah as they're called, um, and live in these little huts that they made um, when they were delivered out of Egypt. But they were commanded to keep a feast and build these things to always remember it. But it has a lot of future. It's, it's part of those things Paul calls, uh, calls these are a shadow of things to come. And it speaks of that. And even if you get into uh, Zechariah, the last chapter, it talks about uh, uh, tabernacles and how the nations are expected to come up to Jerusalem to worship the king during tabernacles. Uh, and so it's, it's an interesting thing for those in the Gentile community and other people who believe that tabernacles is not ever going to amount to nothing but when you look at scripture and look at what the prophets say you actually see the tabernacle so in this particular thing Isaiah 25 6 you you see that you have this feast uh, of fat things and of course if you're going to have a feast you need the beef, you need whatever animal you're having, and you need them crispy, and you have crispy fat, and you have lots of meat, and you have wine, and I mean, all this signifies the abundance. And when you're talking about Zion, when you talk about the promise, what God has made, and the coming of the Messiah, and how he's going to rule and reign, and the glory of the Lord, and the knowledge of the Lord is going to fill the earth. I mean, all these things signify abundance. It signifies hope. It signifies, well, it's over, folks. We've won, and we're at the table of the king, and we're feeding. And so this is coming, you know, right at the time. He gives this right at the time that the children of Israel are getting delivered, and he gives this thing, and they think, wow, you know, here we are. You know, we're free now, and so... You know, they would have gone back to Jerusalem. And, and of course, they, a lot of them needed to be trained again in the things of uh, the law again because they had been for 70 years, uh, and we would call that uh, a good generation, uh, three score and ten. And that generation would have need needed uh, some help to learn how to do everything. Now, of course, that's the, uh, the old covenant, but nevertheless, uh, that was very, very important at the time. And so they would have gone back, and although this temple, matter of fact, the prophet even said, don't despise the day of small things, because a lot of people were kind of 
bothered that the temple that got replaced, you know, the other temple that Solomon built was so magnificent, it was torn down and pillaged, that uh, you have now another temple, and it's not near what the other one was. And the Lord said, don't despise the day of small things, meaning this is the beginning, it's not the end, and this is your hope. Go ahead and continue here, because the bottom line of it is, is that under uh, Solomon, and when they had that beautiful temple, Solomon's heart still departed from the Lord. So when you get into a lot of these things, you find this out and you look at it. But see, this this other temple, you know, our hope is not in this world. All the fine temples and all the fine uh, churches we build, that's not your hope. Your hope is in the kingdom. And in the king which is coming, he's going to rule and reign. And so this this is our hope. And so all of this, this prophecy here is just amazing. By the way, that Sabiath is found in Romans 9.29 and James 5.4. And uh, so if we follow this up, we go down. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to put in here is Daniel 7, 13. Okay, now we are in Daniel, and this is verse 13. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Now Daniel, of course, gave uh, a whole line up of various rulers that would come into power. But this one is the Son of Man. This is the very Lord himself, Yahshua, Jesus Christ, who's going to rule and reign in the end of days. And uh, so this is who this is, and Daniel saw it, and this is what he saw. And a lot of times, you know, when these prophets see stuff, they don't see the whole picture. They see uh, a picture all right, but it, it, you get to the New Testament, the New Covenant, and the apostles, and there's other stuff that's revealed. Uh, so th there is ongoing uh, revelation, ongoing uh, prophecy here. And so this <laughs> really relates in here when we talk about uh, the children of Israel and uh, Isaiah bringing this out. Because all this has the language that's very prophetic of that uh, final time. Now, the, now, make no mistake about it, the children of Israel are going to go back into uh, Jerusalem. Uh, they're going to have Zion, and, it, and it's going to feel like they are back there. They're going to feel like this is Zion, and boy, we're back here, and a lot of things would be made new. Uh, and I'll tell you, when you get done with judgment, uh, when you get to this point, you know, you, you, you really get to a point to where you're glad to be back, and you're glad not to be... Uh, you know, have the Lord mad at you, and so it, it's this really signifies a lot of stuff, but it also has a lot of future connotations in it, and that's what we're looking at. And uh, and Isaiah 25:7 he goes on to say, and he will destroy 
in the Hebrew it means he will swallow up, abolish or remove in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. Now, again, this is very, very prophetic. Because he goes on in verse 8 to say, He'll swallow up death and victory, and the Lord God will wipe away all tears, wipe away tears from all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. Now you see, uh, if you were local at the time, you read this and knew what Isaiah was talking about, and if you got back from the judgment, make no mistake that when Babylon moved into the Levant at that time, for those nations, it was like there was a covering cast over all the place. It was free. Uh, it was safe. You were raising families. You had everything going for you, uh, a lot of the nations. But see, what happened was they went through and they destroyed a lot of things, and uh, then they went to Israel and finished that up. And here we have in verse 8, he'll swallow up death and victory. And, of course, the death of the state of Israel at the time and the people, the Jews, would have been a very important thing that they would have been looking at through this prophecy. But for us, who knows uh, what the New Testament says, we see a lot of this. And uh, the Lord God will wipe away tears from off the faces. The rebuke of his people shall, shall he take away off the earth. And, and see, the Jews, uh, you know, were give, uh, taken back in the land. They were you know, they did build another temple, you know, and so this would have been a fulfillment for them. But yet, in the fuller fulfillment of this, we see this death and victory through Christ Jesus because he went to the cross and the last two things that are going to be destroyed on the earth is death and hell. Um, uh, hell is going to be cast into the lake of fire. And there's not going to be any more death except for those wicked who refuse the Lord. And um, so you see a lot of prophetic uh, from uh, the Christian standpoint, because we have a lot of these kind of things, wipe away tears from all faces. A lot of Christians uh, know, what, uh, know about that, the rebuke of his people, even on the earth today. It's not just Jews that have a rebuke on them. We have Christians that we report on all the time around the world that are getting hunted down, that are getting plotted against, that are thrown in jail forever, uh, they're lied about, their their women are taken and raped, uh, they're, they're murdered, they're, you know, everything. And there's a rebuke in a lot of the nations. Uh, Christianity as well as other faiths in China are cast down, and in North Korea all religions are cast down, but Christians are in there. It's one of the, they're one of the most persecuted groups on the face of this earth. And yet, when we look in all this junk going on in um, in uh, America today, you know, you have Black Lives Matter. Well, I got news for you, you know, and they say, don't say all lives matter. Well, I got news for you. All lives do matter because God embraces all races. He's the one that created him. Christ died for all people. And when we talk about the persecution of Christians, we talk about the various uh, people in various countries. I don't define them by skin color for crying out loud. That's idiotic. But see, that's how some of these people in Black Lives Matter and others think. You know, I don't think in terms of black and white and purple. People call Caucasians, like me, white. Well, I'm not white. My picture right here, I've got a page off of Word 
um, uh, Microsoft Word, and that page is white. I'm not white. I'm off-white, quite a bit off-white, almost brown. So don't give me this bull about being white and black and all these other things. Christ is coming for all races. He's coming for all people, all creation, all who accepted him. And there is no doubt, and today this hit the news too, there was a preacher that was talking uh, in the... I think it was the Senate that was telling them about Christ inclusive, you know, in all races. I mean, dear God in heaven, you better believe that. That's what this is about. And so it, it's important to understand these things. It's important that when Christ is coming, he's putting together a kingdom and a dominion is going to be. And it says here in verse 14, Daniel says that all people, nations, and languages would serve him. His dominion is everlasting. It will not pass away. It's not going to be destroyed. And in this, Isaiah goes on to stay, say that he will... He will destroy the covering uh, cast over all people. Well, I'll tell you what the covering is today. It's death and hell. And you're going to die. You, you, this body of death is going to die. And uh, that is the first death. The second death is when you face God in your spirit, your soul. And if you, whatever you've done in this body, God will judge you. Well, through Christ, because of the blood and his sacrifice, you don't have to worry about the second death. You receive Christ, John chapter 1. You're born again of the Spirit, John chapter 3. Uh, you walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John 1, I think it's 7. Um, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Christ died for all so he wouldn't have to. See, this, this is what we're talking about. There is going to be a kingdom. Now see, for the Jews getting delivered out of Babylon at the time after 70 years, they're pretty happy. But see, even the Jews in the final days, you know, God is not going to forsake the Jews. No way. And that's why Christians, you know, also have a propensity and a love for Israel. So, you know, that's just all there is to it. And I love this, uh, Isaiah 25, 8, swallow up death and victory, and the Lord will wipe away uh, tears from all faces. I can guarantee you when the Jews left Babylon and they got back into Israel, you know, they were happy. Well, you know, as well as I do, that the Jews eventually... Uh, you know, after Christ, uh, Titus came in and destroyed the temple for the final time, Take, took a lot of, killed a lot of, there was over a million Jews killed at the time, Josephus, Josephus writes, and, uh, you know, the bottom line of it is, is when we, when we look at this, uh, I remember the poignant thing in 1948, when, when the Jews were taking Israel back. They were in Jerusalem and they went to the Temple Mount and they were saying, we have the Temple Mount. And there's a recording to this. It is a poignant moment where, where they believe the Temple stood. And so, you know, for the Jews, make no mistake, they're watching for the Messiah. Christians are watching for the Messiah. One day we're going to be joined, as well as many people in this country, in this world. And we're going to welcome in the Messiah. Now Isaiah 25, 7 and 25, 8, yes, it was given a long time ago. And it has a lot to do with Israel and Babylon and getting back into the land. But it has a great amount to do about the future 
about what is what is doing and make no mistake there is a rebuke over his people the rebuke suffered by Jews and Christians at the hands of the nations who persecuted them one day they're going to be vindicated one day of the Christians that have been murdered innocently especially during the times I mean we go all the way back to the Roman uh, persecutions. There was ten persecutions of Christians back then. The Christians that were fed to the lions. The Christians who were pulled apart by elephants and st or stomped on and pulled apart by chariots and all kinds of horrendous things. They were burned in the fire. They were stabbed. They were murdered. And it, uh, the list goes on. And ISIS going through the land when they did here in 2014 and 2015. One day the Christians are going to be there on the day of judgment. And these who did these things are going to stand there. And they will witness it. They will be the witness. And remember, under the throne, Revelation 6, you have a whole bunch of souls there. And they want to know how long, O oh Lord, is it going to be before you avenge our blood? Now, you may not like avenging of blood. You may not like the fact of blood guilt. But I got news for you right quickly. There is going to be a revenge, uh, an, an, a vengeance upon the blood, the innocent blood that's been spilt. And the one who spilled the innocent blood will be held accountable. And the one uh, whose blood was spilt will be standing there and will be able to see this. The judgment's going to be there. So you better understand that the rebuke is going to be cast aside. One day it's not going to be like this. One day you're not going to have to worry about the world and how much it hates the things of Christianity. You're not going to have to worry about all the sin and iniquity and all the filth that's going on. God is going to have a kingdom and it's going to be a universal kingdom that's never going to stop. It's going to include all people and all this nonsense of talking about you know tearing burning down the cities in america and yelling black lives matter well i'll tell you i got news for you you better get your bibles out and start reading it because i can guarantee you that some of the greatest hymns we have in christianity today came out of the time when the when the slaves and they just weren't black there were a lot of black slaves, but there were white slaves. Matter of fact, one of the first slave owner that there was was a, was a black who had obtained his freedom, and he had some uh, white slaves. Now, this is history, and it goes way back. But when you look at it, Christ is going to free everybody. There's not going to be a rebuke. There's not going to be slaves. There's not going to be the things of the world. You're not going to worry about those who want to burn down your cities. You're not going to worry about the thugs that want to destroy your lives. You don't have to worry about those who want to steal your children. You don't have to worry. The former things will be passed. Now, see... Isaiah is talking to people that, number one, the children of Israel should know better. But you see, both houses went into captivity, really. The lost tribes were scattered. That's why we call them the lost tribes. And Judah was went into captivity in Babylon. And then after 70 years came back. But see, when, if they would have read this, they would have taken this and looked in the land, and they would have been rejoicing when they got in the land. So make no mistake about it. You know, when we look at the triumphs of God through the Messiah, and that's what a lot of this is pointing to, it, it, you know, you're talking about eternal life. You're talking about his kingdom. You see, it's because of the Messiah. 
a Jewish Messiah who died on the cross for all of our sins. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 51 through 56. Now you know most of those. Let's go down to 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. And see, when Christ died, he became the propitiation to satisfy the law. And it's through the law that we know what sin is. And it's also through the law where God had declared that it is through the blood that atonement would be made. A perfect sacrifice, a lamb, the lamb of God, as John said, who takes away the sins of the world. Now see, one of the favorite verses in Isaiah for me uh, 25.9 and, and see this is a perfect and it shall be said in that day lo this is our God we have waited for him he will save us this is the Lord we have waited for him and we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation I love that verse I can see myself standing there And see, when he's saying this, he's arrived. And when he arrives, guess what? All the prophets of old, all the saints of old, all the saints that have passed, they're all going to be with him. What a day that'll be, rejoicing that you've never seen. But see, you know, if you were just getting out of Babylon and you were reading what Isaiah said and you still have faith and you just got delivered then you realize that God had come to your aid and delivered you and while he hadn't yet come on this earth as you as you would have expected him as as a Jew you would expect him to come you're going to be thanking God that he saw fit to shine mercy on you to deliver you. All of this portion following uh, the apocalypse of 24 is a perfectly placed uh, chapter because it just exudes hope and prophecy. I mean, have you ever been just tired of the world? Have you ever been to the point where you're just, you know, God, I need you to come now. It, it, things are going nuts. People are crazy today. The things they're doing, they don't want to listen to truth. They, they don't want to, you know, and a lot of people feel that way, even now in America. And I got news for you, America. There's a lot of Christians around the world that are persecuted far more than you are. You think you got it tough in America because of what's going on here. Believe me. There's brothers and sisters in the Lord. And on our Wednesday broadcast, we talk about them. 
and the fact of the color of their skin or where they're at doesn't even come into it except to say if you're a brethren in North Korea that is one of the top persecuted places for Christians if you're a Christian in China you had a taste of uh, freedom of uh, Christianity practicing your faith for quite a while until all of a sudden it was stopped and now they're cracking down if you're in Pakistan and the Bangladesh and India area COVID has been devastating and I guarantee you every one of them all of them around the world they're looking to the Messiah right now they're not looking to America they're looking to the Messiah and see this is this is the thing this is what God is pointing out to Israel look to your God now scripture is quite plain it talks about Israel being uh, you know blinded but one day they will know the Messiah and they will understand and so the, all of this in Isaiah you know this is our God we have waited for him I can just see see myself looking and seeing him come and saying lo this is our God we have waited for him the feeling and the waves of the spirit of God and the love would flow through you as you see him coming he will save us finally yes we're we received him but you know and we talk about being saved but you're not saved till you're in his arms you're not saved till you're in his presence you're not saved until the former things are passed away truly saved you know they can't get you anymore the devil's gone you're going to be rejoicing see this is hope and Isaiah has given this hope to people who are being delivered from someone who took them over who destroyed everything they have their whole world was absolutely destroyed but see there's also this hope that it gives for us in the future prophetic very messianic prophetic passages is what these are in verse 10 it says for in this mountain Zion shall the hand of the Lord rest now this is the second time in this these few passages they spoke about Mount Zion understand God has chosen a place. You may not like it, but you ain't going to have anything to say about it. Zion. And Moab, which denotes the enemies of God here, shall be trodden down. That word means beaten to pieces, even as straw is trodden down for the dunghill. <laughs> oh, dear God. Zephaniah 2 9 through 11 it says therefore as I live saith the Lord of hosts the God of Israel surely Moab shall be as Sodom and the children of Ammon as Gomorrah even the breeding of nettles and salt pits and perpetual desolation the residue of my people shall spoil them and the remnant of my people shall possess them this shall they have for their pride because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts the Lord will be terrible unto them for he will famish all the gods of the earth and men shall worship him and everyone from his place even all the isles of the heathen that's Zephaniah speaking of Moab to give you an idea of this
Isaiah 25, 11, it says, And he shall spread forth his hands. In the midst of them, as he that swimmeth spreadeth forth his hands to swim, and he shall bring down their pride together in the spoils of their hand. Spoils of their hands. Well, see, he, this is judgment. Remember Revelation 18.4. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. This has to do with Babylon. Get out of mystery Babylon. That you be not partaker of her sins, receive of not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. You can't just live in the world as you want to and think everything's fine and dandy-randy. God is going to hold you accountable. Reward her even as she has rewarded you, double under her double according to her works. And I'll tell you, the world ain't going to like that, but that's the way it's going to be. And of course, in Revelation 19, 18 through 21, that's the fall of the beast. Verse 20 says, The beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. We haven't reached that point, but that's coming. One day this beast is going to rule the world and he's going to deceive the world and he's going to be the last Gentile ruler to take the nations of Gentiles against Israel and against the Lord who returns. And he shall be taken and defeated. His army will be destroyed and him and the false prophet will be cast alive into the lake of fire. And the remnant who were left were slain with the sword of him that sat upon his horse. Now here, it's amazing when I see how all this is going. And verse 25, 11 the fortress uh, of, high, of the high fort of thy walls shall he bring down, lay low, and bring to the ground even to the dust. Revelation 18.20 talks about rejoice over her. This is the fall of mystery of Babylon. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast in the sea, saying, Thus with the violence shall that great city of Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. See, this is, this is the thing, the children of Israel themselves... It's an amazing thing when you understand that the Lord God is going to take care of everything. There's not going to be anyone that is going to escape. And see, this particular section here is joined in with everything and it's such such a refreshing insert you know 
it's just like Isaiah saying, okay, I've written a lot, and this is what's coming, but this is... This is your hope. You see, when you work real hard and you see a lot of things going on and there's troubles everywhere, you get to the point that you can use some refreshment. It's just like working out in a field all day and you're hot and sweaty. You want to come in, get cool, cleaned up. Isaiah is saying to the children of Israel, God is not forsaken you. And he didn't. He brought them back out of the land and the prophecies concerning Judah and David were able to go forth. And the son of David came and he brought us deliverance because of the cross. And he's coming again as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And whether you like it or not, he's coming. Whether you like it or not, he will have a kingdom. And those who serve him, he will never forsake. And today we see a shadow covering Christians in many areas of the world. But the bottom line of it is, God has not forsaken them. He's not forsaken them at all. And so that's why when we go through this, you have to praise God here and see what he's done. In your moment of stress or troubles, living today, look what he did through the prophets. Look what he did with Israel. Look what he did in the times of the apostles. Look what he did in the times of the early church. He's not forsaken us. And today, if America was destroyed, we're still going to have a kingdom, folks. If the world was blow up and be no more, we would have a new home. There is no power on earth in the earth, under the earth, above the earth that can destroy what God has wrought through Christ Jesus our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach. Father, thank you for the hope we have. Bless this word to your people, Lord, and be with them. In Jesus' name and in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Amen. Now, our next chapter is chapter 26, and it is one chapter of praise and deliverance. And there is a lot of good stuff in that. I like deliverance, folks. You do too, I'm sure. He's delivered us. He's in that business. Okay, Tower, are you ready? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I'm glad he's in the business of delivering and restoration. I, I think about his the sacrifice that he made. You know, he left all the glory in heaven and came to earth and lived here 33 years and put up with a lot of stuff. And then he did the ultimate sacrifice for us. That was just amazing.
and, and God made a sacrifice as well, giving up his son, you know. He did. I'm very thankful, I'll tell you. I'm thankful for deliverance and restoration. Well, you know, I've said it a lot, you know. Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. Amen. Isaiah. What a day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. Amen. Folks, you got to have it in your heart. This isn't surface, this is heart. So in all this, thank God. I'll tell you, some of the, I'll tell you, Isaiah has some of the greatest messianic passages we have. And, and uh, we're coming to those yet. It's an amazing thing. Exciting times are ahead. Well, it is, you know, and, you know, it's easy when you live, you know, in the world to get tied up, to get tired or whatever, you know. Anxious. Anxious. See, these are human fleshly emotions. But see, God has given you not a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Amen. And, and we can use that love power and a sound mind to think correctly, to pray correctly, to believe, you know, uh, and we can bind and we can do a lot of things, pull down strongholds. And so, you know, to everyone... Isaiah is a catalyst to help us to understand how he worked with Israel. But also it has a lot of messianic prophecies regarding the coming of the Lord and the kingdom. Isaiah was an all-encompassing prophet. It's an amazing thing. But, you know, today through his church... Ecclesia. He's redeemed us through his son, and we have that relationship with him today. Yes, amen. And so we're in, uh, we're at chapter 26, and we got uh, a long ways to go to the end of the book. But that's okay because we find a lot to talk about and to discover in the book of Isaiah. And uh, we haven't even figured out how we're going to get all the teachings together because there's going to be a lot of them. But uh, the bottom line of it is is that all these go back, and you can go over to website and go clear back and find them all. So uh, there's a lot of stuff on our websites. So with that, uh, Tower, um, we got to say good night. Okay, be sure to join join us tomorrow for Sound the Shofar. It's Righteous Relationships, Secrets of God and Men, Part 2. 
want to thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We pray for you. May God bless you richly. Good night, everybody. Well, folks, don't forget to go by warren-usa.com and danaglinspith.com. All of our shows are there. They're embedded in the site. We provide a little article with each uh, show we do to let you know what it's about. We have in-depth articles that I write every week, and I have a lot of them been doing it for a lot of years. It's a truly biblical Christian site, and uh, we have an extensive uh, thing on the persecuted church. We've been covering that. We're an advocate for the persecuted church. Remember them, especially uh, a lot of those. This week we talked about uh, uh, a particular ministry that uh, because of COVID there's a lot of troubles going on. Check that out. And remember we have a lot of different sites that you can listen to this. A lot of different places where you can uh, you can do it, and we're gearing this so you can use your smartphone, and you can get one of the apps uh, of those that are carrying our shows. So check all that out. Pass them on to your friends. Don't get discouraged. Don't get depressed. Look to the Lord and let him feed you. Let him encourage you, because we haven't lost. People that are planning on making all their plans even about America, they really don't have any say-so. It's all in the hands of the Lord. Everything's in the hands of the Lord. Whether we live or die, whether America lives or dies, whether doesn't matter. Everything is in the hands of the Lord, and he's looking to you. Next week we will be in uh, chapter 26. And, of course, uh, every day we get closer to getting uh, getting to some of the real uh, magnificent uh, messianic prophecies about the coming of the Lord when he comes. Uh, so, at any rate, good night, everybody. God bless. Look up your redemption. <laughs> it's getting closer every day. Good night, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.